Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. It is time for another The Entrepreneurial You podcast. And of course, you know, I know that I'm your host, Henneka Watkins-Porto. I'm the creator of this podcast. But of course, if you're new here, then this is new to you, right? So welcome to you if this is your first time. And if you've been listening, then welcome back. Now, last week, I revisited the live recording with Seth Golding that I had for the podcast's 200th episode. Yeah. Um, it was so good. I had to do it twice. So technically, Seth Godin has appeared on this podcast like four times because he has actually been on it twice and I've repeated each episode. So four times. Now we talked about shipping creative work, which is really based on his latest book. And it was just so, you know, delightful to hear Seth talk about the fact that you just need to go ahead and just do it, you know, don't wait for it to be perfect because many of us sit down waiting for whatever we're doing to be perfect before we send out our work, you know, um, there's something called the minimum viable product and at least whatever we have, just start with that and we build on it, right? Anyways, this week we are in for a treat with a very inspirational woman to share her story of triumphing in leadership and entrepreneurship. Before you get to hear about her and little more about her and to get into that conversation, you know that I must thank those who make the mayor go, who provide the resources for this podcast. They continue to support the entrepreneurial you. So special thanks to Jamaica Public Service Company Limited, the People's Cooperative uh, Bank, the National People's Cooperative Bank of Jamaica, Profit Jump Starter and the Jamaica Stock Exchange, whose podcast, the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You, is hosted and produced by me. Do give it a listen when you get a chance. So here's a word from the JSE. And after that, I will be introducing my guest and we will be starting our conversation. We needed to raise capital but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. Today's opening business tip, courtesy of National PC Bank of Jamaica, invest. Investing is necessary for every business. Investing includes investing in yourself, which is gaining the knowledge and skills you need to run your business. Investing in your products and services, tools, and marketing to maintain and grow your business. Also investing in stocks to guarantee and to generate extra revenue to grow your business financially and so much more. 
right? So thank you so much to the National PC Bank of Jamaica. My guest on episode 283 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast is Her Excellency, Natasha Wright. Natasha and her husband, Jamar, started Mind Food International nine years ago in the comfort of their home. Now, today, they have a staff complement of 100, 100 employees and is steadily growing. Natasha is an internationally known speaker, leadership, and HR consultant, United Nations Ambassador NGO, Governor General Awardee, author, and entrepreneur. And trust me, the list goes on and on and on. So this is just an abbreviated version. And of course, as we have this conversation, then we will hear a little more about Natasha. Welcome, Natasha. So, so good to have you. Thank you so much, Henneka. It is a pleasure, all my pleasure, <laughs> to be here, to be having a conversation with you. Absolutely. And it's always, always a pleasure talking with you, whether I'm being interviewed on your show or, you know, I have you on or we're talking about different things um, regarding health and spirituality and business and all of these things. It is always, always very good to to connect with you. You know, you're such a, a, a beacon of light and inspiration that this world needs. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you so much. And and I would say the very same about you. So it's it's an honor actually to be here sharing this platform um, so that we can just shed some insight on everything business and inspiration and all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we get into the meat of the matter, as they say, what's your favorite thing about being Jamaican, Natasio? The favorite thing about being Jamaican is that you always get identified. It does not matter what corner of the earth you are in. (laughs) It is always a pleasure being a Jamaican because everybody can identify that, listen, you're different, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I just think that when you're a Jamaican, I think you have more resilience than everybody else. I'm sorry if I come off as though I'm being, you know, super biased, but I think that our Jamaican people are resilient in just everything we do. And I think it's an excellent trait. So I'd say um, our wonderful um, persona, um, but more so because we're resilient people. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, trust me, you know, uh, we come like, as they say in Jamaica, we have nine lives, you know, no matter what them do to we, <laughs> we bounce right back. <laughs> that <laughs> is like true. <laughs> oh, like yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit because you mentioned resilience and there obviously is a reason why you would have mentioned resilience and why that trait would have, you know, stood up for you. And um, why would you have needed to be resilient in the first place? So let's talk about little Natasio, like that little girl running around. Yeah. I saw a picture of you with your ear um, here patted <laughs> in, um, in 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 a in, in a in a number of flats, and you know, yeah. very long and sticking out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was yes. me. Yes, tell us about that little girl. Wow. So that little girl that I posted on social media uh, two days ago, I believe I was just like 10 years old. 
um, or eight, between that time, between eight or 10 in primary school, which is so funny that you mentioned because that was literally when my trying moments came about. Uh, at the age of 10 years old, I came home one day. My house was burnt to the ground. Um, my family and I, we were displaced. We didn't really have anywhere to go, but we had to pick up the pieces after that devastation. And um, eight months after that, came home again to worse news. This time, my father was shot and killed in the line of duty. He was a police officer and that left such a devastating mark on my life because my father was everything to me. And so I believe from a very young age, I was suffering from depression. I didn't understand it, but that was what I was going through in those moments. You know, I moved on to high school. I always did well in school, I must say. I moved on to high school and um, this time my mother, she got married and we were living elsewhere. And um, she left me one Saturday to say that she was going to get some chores done on the road, you know, usual errands and come back. And um, she came back with an asthma attack. By the time she was taken to the hospital, she actually died from that asthma attack. And then one year after my mother died, we were living with our grandmother and she died from cancer. So I have experienced poverty. I know what it's like to live in situations where you worry about if this is going to be your future. I've gone through molestation, different abuse, and I'm still here. <laughs> yes, I'm still sharing this story, but not, not to get pity or not to you know, have people say, woe is me, but to actually look at how far I've come and the process um, that I had to take, that, that I had to make and change to become the person that I am today, re uh, regardless of what I went through. That's a short, the story that I share right now about resilience, about changing mindset, about believing that you can make a difference. So it comes full circle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I listen to you share this story. And I, I mean, certainly I've heard this story, you know, a few times. So it's not like it's it's shocking to me. But I hear the story and I hear how you're now sharing the story. And it's not it's not from a place of, oh, my gosh, you know, look, all of these things that happened to me. And, oh, my God, why me? Why me? Why me? But it's more of, oh, my gosh, I have been through this now. I oh, yeah. often said to myself, I said to myself the other day, I wrote it in a journal and I said, and I said something to the effect of if I met the person who have gone through all the things that I've gone through, like I would right. have been so delighted to meet oh, that yeah. person. And so I celebrate <laughs> myself, right? I celebrate myself for the things that I've gone through and have triumphed, you know? And similarly, I hear your story. I hear how you share it. And it's not from a place of self-pity, but it's from no. a place of, look, I am resilient. Listen, yes. if you put me in a whatever, whatever situation you put me in, I'm going to bounce right back and I'm going to show what I'm made of. You know what I mean? Like I often say to persons, Natasha, mm -hmm. that you can outskill me. You can <laughs> be more creative than me. That's fine. I'll give you that. But you cannot determine me <laughs> that's me that is me and, you know? and that's why we're such good friends because <laughs> we have that in common right and there is something special when you can take your own struggles and your own um issues or mess and turn it into something beautiful 
And that's what I, I encourage people to do. So don't sit there in self-pity and say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to survive this thing. But how can I become better? Like, what could I add to my story? How can I change this story to make it something that will inspire somebody else? And I'm always thinking in that way. I always say to my purpose, my mission is life transformation through inspiration. In other words, there people are go. living vicariously through our eyes in an Exactly. You know? They are. <laughs> and I'm told that all the time. And I'll be like, no, you have your own life. Go and live it. Right? Yeah. So, yes, you are to look on our life. You're, you're supposed to look on Henika and say, yeah, she's doing so amazing. She inspires me. Yes, inspire you to go do what you need to do. So we're Absolutely. here to we're here to instigate or to initiate, but really and truly, you have to take it up on your, you know, you have to lift up your own cross <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and just go do what you need to do. So use us as inspiration, but I, I don't want you to live through me. I want you to live your own life. Absolutely. So um, definitely we inspire, but you have to be motivated to, to, to act and live out your own purpose, which is so, so important. You know, my purpose Absolutely. is not yours. And even if it may be similar or strategies for accomplishing the purpose, said purpose may be different. So we just have to know exactly. the route that we need to take. So critical. Now we hear um, in a nutshell, your story. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear a little more of um, or more know about you being Natasha, the mother, Natasha, the wife. And then we're mm-hmm. going to see oh, how all of that um, yes. intertwine with Natasha, the indomitable business person. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's hear about Natasha as the wife first. It's so crazy because I I am always modest in my responses because... I am I don't think I'm the best at anything but when I am passionate about what I do I do it to the best of my ability. And so the same energy that I put out in terms of helping people and speaking to people I do the same in my marriage. My husband and I let me tell you I'm so blessed that my husband is my business partner as well as my husband. So we pretty much do almost everything together. I know you have some people out there who are rolling their eyes like, come on, I could not do that. Don't worry, I get annoyed so often. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, so much so that we make fun out of it when we're doing trainings or workshops or whatever. Like, yeah, like we can't get away from each other, right? But um, I'm so grateful for my husband um just to just to share I'm so grateful for the man that he has become and the fact that you know if if I did not meet him at the time that we um met um I would be missing out so much from my own personal development because mm-hmm. the Natasha that everybody likes to speak about or talk about from IG or on the TV or whatever the case is, would not have been the Natasha if if Jamar wasn't involved. So I'm naturally introverted and I'm all about being, I'm a homebody. And if it weren't for his pushing and prodding and poking, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I'm so grateful for my marriage because I think my marriage is a reflection of my growth. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a truth. It's a truth. 
the more you grow, the more you will see it in various areas of your life. And I see that in my marriage. I, I, I learn, you know, through God's grace, how to be a little bit more attentive, how to be conscious of what I'm saying, how, you know, how to not um, trivialize feelings and, you know, just to be more understanding. I think my most important lessons have come through my marriage. I'm going to be very honest with you. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I'm cognizant of, you know, my husband's role. And um, I'm so happy that he is not the type of person who, you know, he like he likes traditional ways of doing things. I'm happy because he's so awesome. He helps me with the house chores. He helps me do everything. So, wow. so he gives me a break every now and then. And he's not afraid to say, you know what, babe, you had a really long day with all these sessions. Go and rest. I'll cook today or whatever. I'm so grateful for him. Wow, I love that. It, you're you're both such a delight to watch online and it's that kind of a positivity that the yeah. you know the world needs because there's just so much negative and um happening around us and there's just so much um you know fakeness happening. Yeah, yeah, us. yeah. It, it's true. Let's just call it what it yeah. is. Yeah. And that's why I'm not afraid to say, because the first thing people will say is you guys are married. You guys are business partners. You know, when you're traveling, you travel together. Like you guys must be annoyed. Hell yes. Like <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, he will make a complete joke out of everything because that's just him. But we understand yeah. our purpose. And our purpose yeah. is not to be fake in front of anybody. Marriage is so tough. But let me tell you something. If you can manage your marriage properly, trust me, you can manage your business. Wow. Or you can, wow. you can get through parenting. Because wow. the truth is, when you can accept that this person will never be like me, that person is an individual all by themselves. It's not my role to try to change him. Or it's not your role to try to change her. But you guys are to work together. Understand that I'm weak in this area. You're strong in that area. So help me in yeah. my weakness and vice versa. And it's not a competition. I'm not wow. here to compete with my husband. If, if I get engagement and I say, listen, babe, this is something you should do. I don't think I should be the one doing it. It's it's never about who scores the most. Like we don't do that in this house. We work together. Wow. That is like, that is, that could be like where we end this entire conversation at that point, <laughs> because it is so necessary, so salient. I mean, I see a lot of lack of substance. You know what interests me? I see mm -hmm. many people who not have no substance at all, but them have the good hype or them have something. And they have all this um, bag of followers, you know, because oh, followers yeah. is not a, it's not an indication of your depth or anything like that. Because right. when you look at me, and I'm going to just be plain here. I mean, yes. when, you, when, you look at, when you look at what I do, and I know I offer real depth. And mm -hmm. when you compare my quote-unquote, you know, oh, yeah. um, social media following, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like it's not a, if if I never had confidence in self, me to sink, me to shrink you would have things. given up. Yeah, because I'm like, me some people with no sub, absolutely no substance. Like, yeah. you know, and yet, I mean, thankfully for you, you know, you are you've been able to to grasp that level of 
followership and followership again is not an indication of your worth like you mm -hmm. don't want to ever get down to that but it's just right. to show in some instances where you look and you say oh my god what is this you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you you are you are so correct and yeah. um, you have to get to a point where you understand that these numbers don't dictate your life or dictate Absolutely. your influence my husband and I like to decipher or clarify for people there is a difference be between influence and affluence. Mm -hmm. And I'm really not here to just be influential. I need real I need real affluence, meaning that I can influence, yes, but I'm also in that power position to make changes. And so I honestly don't watch the numbers. My husband is the social media manager per se. Mm -hmm. I don't look at the numbers. I had a friend who told me the other day, he's like, you had so many followers and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, listen, followers don't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. You have to mm -hmm. understand that our mediums, media, is driven by entertainment. It's driven by what's funny. It's driven by what's exciting. And let's be real, inspiration, personal development, these things are not exciting to the, to ma to the majority. Mm -hmm. And so your results or your performance or your progress cannot be dictated by an algorithm. It cannot be, Henika. And and so I'm so I'm so excited. Like I don't even pay it any mind anymore. I remember going to Canada, just going about different malls, and every single mall we hit, there were people who recognized us, stopped, took pictures, and my daughter was there, like, oh my gosh, my mom is like my mom has so many fans. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't see that reflecting in numbers, but people are watching. So yeah. if I could leave anything with you, I'd say that. If they don't respond, if they don't like, if they don't follow, they are watching. Are watching. Important they notes. know everything. They're watching. They're watching. So you, you know? have to keep going because there are people who are showing up to see you show up, but they never say it to you. Mm-mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, absolutely all right so before we get into a break because i'm going to pause and read a review but i want to mm -hmm. hear quickly about natasia as a mother this one is a tough one <laughs> <laughs> this is so tough because you have to understand i have one eight-year-old daughter and she is like me mm -mm. so oh my god way you, yes. you deserve that <laughs> <laughs> So I get up every day and I have to be dealing with me. And I like, there's sometimes when like I'm so mad and I end up laughing because I'm like, this child is about to drive me crazy. Um, but I learn every single day like that the relationship that you have with your child is so important. Like hearing her talk about her feelings, I'm always quick to ask. How did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm always eager to hear how she felt about it. Because if I know how she feels, I can at least help to monitor the thoughts. And our, our children go through their very own set of emotions and they're they're negative, just as negative as ours. And so I want to guide that. If she says, Oh mommy, I felt like you didn't love me. I said, oh, no, that's not it. 
I never got that when I was growing up in Nicole. Mm-hmm. I never got that. I was that child who was always quiet, never spoke much. And so even if something horrible was going on, nobody would know. I don't want that for my child. So I encourage her to speak up. Being a mother is something that you're never, ever prepared for. Um, I just had like a whole incident in in August and I was so traumatized by it. And I was thinking, God, I wasn't ready for this. And then, you know, he was saying like, what were you expecting becoming a mother? You know, it's like you're you're never ever truly prepared. However, he gives you the grace and I, I get to understand that she is a, a human being just like me. She has feelings. I need to allow her to express herself, but also just give her that guidance and foundation that is required for her to live her own life. I heard her say two nights ago, she says, when I get older, I'm going to be a CEO just like my mommy. And mm-hmm. that like that warmed my heart so much because we take Ami everywhere. And I'm literally getting teary-eyed. We take Ami everywhere. We pull her out of school and take her with us abroad and so on. And it's not that we want her to miss school. We want her to understand life in its broadest sense. Because she needs to appreciate different cultures and be able to do things even better than we are doing now. So I'm, 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 I'm learning as a mother how to communicate, how to, you know, set up those boundaries, how to reprimand, all of that. But listen, I take it a day at a time. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. All right. Good um, point here for you to just take a breather while I go into um, reading a review. <laughs> reading a review. Lots of great ideas and things to learn here. Henika is very relatable and I love her accent. Okay. This yes. is from C. Nielsen 30 out of the USA. That person goes by the, the, the handle at C. Nielsen 30 out of the United States of America. Thank you so much. And if you wrote a review, please send me an email at hennikawatkisporter.com or rather send me an email at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com. Let me know so that I can shout you out right here on the show. Thank you so much for that review. It's always a pleasure to hear not only that you are listening, but that you took an extra you know, step and you, you know, left a review, left some feedback for me. Feedback is important. It let me know that, okay, um, I'm doing something good here. I'm not wasting time, twiddling thumbs kind of a vibe. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I continue this conversation with um, Her Excellency Natasha Wright, amazing person, <laughs> friend, speaker, leadership and HR consultant, business person, mother, wife, boss, lady, all of these <laughs> lovely things, you know, I'm really inspired by what I see her many postings. Um, truth be told, I don't always read everything, but me know what she's up to. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really proud of her, what she's doing and, you know, with her husband, Jamar, and bring Ami into the midst of things, into the thick of things. So, so beautiful to watch. And as I mentioned, a very positive space in the social media age of, um, not much depth and not much, yes, you know, value. Yes, so yes. thank you for doing what you do. Now, Natasha, let's talk about yes. you and entrepreneurship because 
we know like an overnight success, as they say in entrepreneurship, is mm-hmm. 10 years in the making, right? There's no such thing as an overnight success. People no. see you, they see the glory of what you do, but oftentimes they don't recognize that with that came a lot of struggles and it was a lot of tweaking, a lot of confusion even. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You don't have no clarity, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So let's, let, let's just walk through your entrepreneurial journey and then we get to where we are today. Most definitely. So Mind Food itself started about nine years ago. My husband had this grand idea that we should send out some morning inspirations via email. I really wasn't feeling the idea. <laughs> I, I didn't want to intrude on people's personal space. That was what I thought, you know, it would have been. But after hearing him mention it like three times, I said, you know what, let's go for it. We sent out the inspirational message about, it was a Monday morning. And I remember by early afternoon, we started getting so many emails. We started getting calls. People were saying, hey, that thing you sent me this morning really helped me. I was feeling low and now I feel so much better. I needed this boost and it it just kept happening. We kept sending it out more and more. The list grew so large, we could no longer send via email. We had to set up a whole different platform to be doing our messages. And, you know, at the time, we were calling it Food for the Mind. And Jamar's cousin saw it and said, you know, you need a catchier name. And he said, why not call it Mind Food? And he created that logo. We had other friends who came on board. They created social media sites for us. So so to be honest, there were people who saw the vision before we saw the vision. And they came along and they helped us. You know, one person said, why not put all these morning inspirations into a book? And there came our very first book, which is 30 Days to um, it's Recharge Your Mind. It's a 31-day devotional. And um, we started doing events. Now, doing the events at that time, and I'm talking about this is like from 2013, 2014, when motivational events or empowerment events weren't even a thing. We decided that, listen, we wanted people to come and hear stories and be inspired. And we did it with zero budget. We had no money, Henneke. We were literally taking the bus to go set up for events. We were we were so passionate about what we were doing and we were happy doing it. Um, soon after, I don't know, it became a hit. People started inviting us into their corporate spaces to speak to their employees. We started getting calls to, to come to graduations to speak. It just got so crazy. It mushroomed into something we were we weren't even prepared for. And, you know, one thing that has always been our passion is leadership. We were so blessed to have great entrepreneurs as our mentors. And it pushed us into that, you know, field. And, you know, after developing ourselves, we started going out there to train others. So today, Mindful International has had over, well over, uh, 50-odd events, some of them here in Jamaica, some of them overseas in um, New York, in Florida. We we just had one in Canada a few weeks ago. It's been an amazing ride through our community development because we do give back to our communities. We were awarded excellence in leadership by the Governor General. Um, after that, we got appointed as United Nations 
uh, peace ambassadors for for in this NGO department. And what that pretty much means is that we're a consultative body that assists with socioeconomic issues. And it just keeps going and going. We have published three books um, to date. And people know us in corporate, wider corporate, whether here in Jamaica or overseas, for giving the ultimate practical leadership training and experience. Um, to date, Mindfood is an HR consultancy as well as a leadership development company because we go into organizations and help their human resource departments. Not only that, but we are outsourcing. So it means that we employ people to work for others or we will just recruit for individuals. So to date, we have employed well over 150 staff and it just keeps growing. Every time I look at the number, I get so overwhelmed. <laughs> and um, I'm just so grateful for this path. But the company is just growing in such, it's, it's growing at such a huge momentum that we have to be ensuring that we are, you know, moving in the same direction as well. So that's pretty much how Mindfood started out. Listen, from year one up until year eight, it was just me my husband and my daughter that was it hmm. until year eight i do not we do not go around preaching this five steps to success three ways to achieve millions we don't do that because we know it's a farce it's, it's not true it takes time you know, Malcolm Gladwell, he says it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert in a particular thing. When you calculate those 10,000 hours, it's, a, it's 10 years, 10 years of working and not feeling like you're making any progress. And then boom, out of nowhere, while you're still being diligent, those results start to show up. And so I want to impress on anybody who is listening. You have your business. You keep growing. You keep working. You keep sacrificing. Keep committing to what it is that you are doing. Because even if it's not showing up in the numbers, I was telling someone this morning, it is showing up on the back end. And soon it will be manifested. So you have to keep at it. All right. Uh, interesting story. But all those nine years, were you doing it full-time, Natasio? Yeah, let's talk about that because yes. I'm an HR consultant. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy she brought that up. Listen, from year one until 2020, I was working my full-time job. I had people who saw me on the road. My husband was mostly full-time business. People would see me and be like, you work? I'm like, yeah, I work. Then Nas, how do you travel so often? I was like, well, I don't call in sick. I don't take vacation leave. I work. And there's a reason I stuck to that principle. Because at the end of the day, we have bills to pay. And sometimes you're in your business, you're on your entrepreneurial journey. That check is not going to show up looking the same every month. You're lucky if you get a check. You're very lucky. <laughs> I don't believe in luck, but I'm just saying that it will not always be the same. And so I had to maintain that nine to five until the right time came. And let me tell you something, Henneke, I wanted to leave so bad. I remember going on vacation 
one particular summer. And the whole summer, I was so depressed because I was saying, God, I don't want to go back to that job, right? I don't want to go back in that environment. And when I got home, it was when we were, we had a whole meeting and the whole company was told within the next six months, the company is closing down. We're making everyone redundant. And I said, look at God. Not that I was rejoicing that we were going to be sent home, but I'm saying I was looking for a way to channel or to transition into full-time business. And it came not prematurely. I didn't have to make that jump. It came at the right time. By the time we were made redundant, I then went on, moved on to full-time business. That was a whole, di- but listen, that was a whole, whole different phase. And I remember, you know, saying to myself, okay, how is this going to go? Well, how are we going to make money? We were in the middle of the pandemic. The, 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 my last day at work was literally the same week that the first case in Jamaica came out and we were on full lockdown, Henneke. Wow. In the pandemic, I was sent home. And I remember saying to myself, God, how are we even going to be able to make money in, you know, in, in a world like this? And that was how I got the download that I should start the recruitment agency, Henika, in the pandemic. And listen, that thing allowed the company to skyrocket to unimaginable, unimaginable heights. I don't want to talk figures, but I could make my that monthly salary that I was pining over. I could make four times that with one recruitment and I could do it in seven days. And then soon after the recruitment, businesses started seeing that we were, we were able to hire for them valuable people, people who came and made such a difference. So they said, you know what? How about I give you a contract for you to supply me with X amount of staff? And that was how the outsourcing part of the company started. And then in, within a few months in, you know, of being into a particular contract, we, we were able to hire so many persons. I mean, sharing this whole story, just letting you know that I had to decide, we as a family had to decide that somebody had to work. Somebody had to work to keep the bills being paid. And then I waited. I I wasn't being impulsive. I waited until the right time came. I was out of that job and then transitioned into full-time business. You have to think about this. When you're thinking about taking the leap, Look at all those things that you have to take care of and ensure you have some kind of cushion. Don't leave your job just to start a business that's not at that place to take care of your family's needs. That's how you put your whole marriage in jeopardy because not everybody can deal with the pressure that entrepreneurship comes with. It's tough. It is tough. And you have to be resilient. You have to be focused and committed. So I just wanted to share that. Wow, so inspirational, so so inspirational, Natasia. Um, this is where we are going to wrap. We are going to wrap with this inspirational story right here. But to put the icing on the cake, I want you to share your final thoughts. You know that piece mm-hmm. of um, 
thing God willing inside of you that you never got to share. Share that with our audience and then how they may get in touch with you. I'm sure everybody knows how to reach you already, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Um, again, I want to touch on like the entrepreneurship journey. Like you will be on your journey and you could be doing well, but you're never able to see it because you're you, right? I've heard people say, oh, once I get rich, I'm going to be happy. But when you do get rich, you don't even remember what happiness is because you're bogged down with so many different things. I want you to understand that you are required to live right now, not next week, not when you get a period, not when the business is making X amount of money. You are required to live right now because I can tell you from where I'm at, entrepreneurship will kick your butt. It will kick your butt so bad. But if you are emotionally intelligent, if you are mature enough to understand that, listen, wherever I am in life, I need to be able to look on the bright side of things. I need to be able to have hope. I I need to have faith. Who is your source? How do you get supplied with energy and feel good? And, you know, do you pray? All these different things. You need to have a system in place to keep you going. It's not if, but time come, it's when, right? So you have to be prepared. And just understand that your current situation is not a determining factor of your destiny. We all go through seasons and you will go through seasons of highs and seasons of lows. Change is constant. So if you're going through a rough time, no, listen, chin up. Good times are gonna come. And unfortunately, if you're going through good times now, also chin up and be prepared for those times that may not be so great. But live life. Live in the moment. Be present. When you're around your family, be present. Be there. Don't miss anything. And just enjoy life and never forget God. Whether or not we want to acknowledge him, he definitely exists. And I'm so happy that I am his child and I have him to comfort me in my low moments. But guys, continue on your entrepreneurial journey. It is so rewarding. Oh my gosh, I feel so good every time we're able to make our payrolls and our staff message us and say, thank you. I'm so happy I got this job. I can feed my family. Guys, if I don't get anything else, I'm happy for that. Go out there and make a difference. It's not just for you and your family, but for so many others to gain as well. Henika, you are amazing. Thank you so much for having me and continue doing your part in advancing the welfare of the whole human race. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well said, Natasha Wright. Her Excellency Natasha Wright, so many things, author, speaker, HR consultant, leadership consultant, uh, Governor General Awardee, and so many other things. It's such a pleasure to have you on this episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Big up to yourself and Jamar, your daughter, Amy, really beautiful family. Love what you're doing, the difference you're making in this space. Thank you so much. And now it's time for the money tip of the day brought to you by Profit Jumpstarter. And here's a tip. You have the power to create wealth. When you educate yourself, become aware of your current financial situation, set goals 
and establish an investment plan, over time, you will be able to grow your money. The combination of a healthy investing mindset and a consistent investment strategy is a powerful way to secure your financial future. Thank you so much, Profit Jumpstarter. And I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode with Natasha Wright. Today's PowerPoint, courtesy of JPS, is check out your lights, LED bulbs to use less than half the energy of fluorescent and incandescent bulbs. Make the switch. Save money by changing all your lights to LED. Did that make sense to you? What if it did? Send us your feedback at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com or on social media at hennikawatkisporter. Remember to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app or connect with me for all things podcasting at hennikawatkisporter.com. Now for according to the scriptures. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. What good 